The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth and recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you for joining us today. I'm very glad that you're listening, and thank you so much for liking the Spirit of Recovery page on Facebook. Thank you for uh, emailing me and letting me know what's happening for you and your spirituality and your recovery walk. Thank you for participating in your own recovery, if that's a part of your world, and um, thank you for participating here with us on Spirit of Recovery. And um Thank you also for letting your friends and family, your people in your recovery community, your unity community, your other uh, spiritual communities, all the places you go. Let Thank you for letting uh, all those folks know about us here on Spirit of Recovery. It's uh, great to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery and spirituality right here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. And thank you also for letting me know that what uh, we're doing here on Spirit of Recovery, the guests that we're bringing, the topics that we're covering, uh, all that we're doing is making a difference for you in your own world and in your life. And so uh, I'm grateful for that. Every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative People who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people or as my guest today who's not directly involved in recovery from addiction but yet his story is an incredible recovery story and the principles that he's going to be talking with us uh, about today are the principles of forgiveness and spiritual life and they are applicable across the board. He's going to be talking with us, my guest today, Bill Worth, about uh, recovery from a physical challenge, from a health challenge. And I know you're going to be uh, inspired and you're going to get great ideas from that that you can apply in your own life. So my guests are always bringing practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can go to Stitcher.com and download their app. You can and search for Spirit of Recovery. Obviously, you can listen live via your computer, via your smartphone. Um, you can also, uh, if you have an Alexa-enabled device, you can ask Alexa to play Unity Online Radio. You can listen via iTunes, um, or you can just simply, you know, go to UnityOnlineRadio.org and listen to us live. Uh, you can also, of course, listen to um, archives. We got years worth of great podcasts, great topics, and guests, and you can access those in all those ways. And you can also just go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash spirit of recovery. Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, and I really want everybody to always know that. Whoever you are, whatever your story, your situation, I'm very glad that you're here, very glad that you're participating with us here, and you are welcome. Uh, perhaps you are a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, for some kind of addiction, and they addiction comes in the same old thing, but it comes in a lot of varieties. So uh, you may be in recovery. Uh, you may be in active addiction. Maybe you're a family member or friend that somebody of somebody that's got the disease of addiction, um, or perhaps you're just curious, interested in what recovery and spirituality are all about. What does that mean? Whoever you are, we're glad that you're here, and uh, you are more than welcome. Um, 
I always want family members to know that there are recovery programs, 12-step programs for family members. There's lots of different therapies and resources and so forth so that family members can actually be in recovery as well uh, from the family disease, which uh, we can call it enabling. We can call it whatever you want, but that focus on another person to the detriment of yourself. Sometimes family members get into that. So there's recovery for family members. Um Also, I want everybody to know that uh, if you would like to make a financial donation to this online uh, radio network, unityonlineradio.org, it's a nonprofit endeavor, Um, you can do that if you want to do that. You can make a one-time or ongoing contribution. You can do that by texting Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone and um, it helps to support this spirit of recovery and as well as supporting the many other great programs that are on unityonlineradio.org again my name is Anna Schaus and I'm your spirit of recovery host I'm a unity minister and also an addictions counselor and I'm a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction and um, for me, it's 36 years ago that those relationships got me started on an active path, which is still active, of my personal growth and spiritual development. And um, ever since then, my walk um, has been an integration of unity principles, recovery principles, spirituality that keeps my walk uh, transforming my life and keeps me growing in deeper and deeper ways. So I am delighted and I'm really, really grateful Um to all my higher power and just grateful to many people in my life who've helped me out along the way. I'm delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas about recovery and spirituality with you and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and in your recovery, if that's part of your life as well. So today our topic is forgiveness. Is it worth it? And the answer is yes. You know, uh, recovery happens for us when we begin to realize that we may have a disease, we may have the disease of addiction, we may have the family disease um, of enabling uh, a loved one's addiction, we may uh, have physical health challenges. There's a lot of disease and, and challenges come in lots of forms. But when we start to realize that we have the disease but that the disease doesn't have us, That's the beginning of recovery. And this idea is exactly what my guest today, Bill Worth, told his doctor 28 years ago when the doctor diagnosed Bill with multiple sclerosis. And, um, you know, the spiritual principles of recovery and healing do apply no matter what what the concerns. So I know that you're going to hear that in what Bill has to share today, these amazing spiritual principles that apply across the board, whatever it is that we're healing from, working our recovery from. Bill is going to be sharing with us today his personal story. Uh, he's an author, and he's he's the author of three books, and his latest book is the one we're going to be focusing on today, and it's, uh, again, his personal story. The title of that book is Outwitting Multiple Sclerosis, How Forgiveness Helped Me Heal My Brain by Changing My Mind. That's a good title. I love that. So how did Bill change his mind? Basically, by intentionally making forgiveness of himself and others um, his healing path, making that his primary focus. Uh, And he'll, of course, be sharing a lot with us today about that. Bill spent almost 30 years as a newspaper journalist in Ohio and Hawaii, and then he became a unity minister. And uh, he is now retired from active ministry. He retired in 2009, and he is devoting, as he calls it, the third half of his life to writing inspirational fiction and nonfiction. And he does have two novels, two spiritual metaphysical novels out. And again, this book called Outwitting Multiple Sclerosis, How Forgiveness Helped Me Heal My Brain by Changing My Mind. You can find um, Bill's books. They're, they're available in you know all the usual places. But go, I invite you to go to his website, which is www.billworth.com books, billworthbooks.com, and you'll see more about Bill, and you'll see um, more about his books and how to access them. So, Bill, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Well, thanks, uh, Anna. It's uh, nice to be here today. Uh, It's a beautiful day here on Maui. I'm I'm retired on Maui, and every day is a beautiful day on Maui. 
and uh, it's a very inspiring place to live. So um, I appreciate uh, your getting together with me on the air, and uh, I'm ready to to talk to my to your heart's content about whatever you want me to talk about. That sounds great. Yeah, and thanks um, for this. And I know Bill. Bill and I were in ministerial school at the same time back in the day. So um, I know him and also his uh, wife, Reverend Nancy Worth, who's a, also a unity minister. So I was delighted, uh, Bill, to see uh, that you had come out with this book and, and come out with your story. So tell us, first of all, what is multiple sclerosis? What is it? Well, that's a very good question, and it's um, um, actually the, the medical field calls it an autoimmune disease, um, and that's where um, your your body attacks itself, kind of thinking that that you have some sort of a, uh, a a disease in your body that your body is trying to fend off. Um, and there are many uh, autoimmune diseases. There are a whole list of them. Crohn's disease is one, and lupus, and maybe a Parkinson's disease, um, and maybe even um, uh, Alzheimer's disease. The doctors aren't sure about that. But MS has been around for about 150 years, and nobody knows what causes it, and nobody knows how to cure it. So, um, so it's there in me, particularly, and in, in about one in every 750 people in the United States either has MS or knows or cares for someone who has MS. So there's a lot of people in this country and a lot of people around the world who are affected by this really difficult chronic disease. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's it is. Yeah, it sounds like that. As you say, that a lot of people um, really are, and um, as you say, it's chronic, or at least that's the diagnosis. So, uh, what was your reaction? Tell us a little bit about what happened when you got your diagnosis. How did how did that come about, and and what was your reaction to that? Well, we were living on Maui previously because we owned and operated uh, the weekly newspaper on Maui at the time, Ohana News. And I had been having terrible headaches on the left side of my head and my uh, right face, the right side of my face had gone numb. And so I uh, eventually lost a sight in one of my eyes. And uh, the, the sight came back, but never as, as, as good as it was before. Uh, so I went to take an, to have an MRI. Um, and there was no MRI machine on Maui at the time. This was 1989, so 28-plus years ago. And I had to go to Honolulu for the test. And here I am back in my neurologist's office on Maui, sitting on the, on the examining table. Uh, and he's got a film of uh, my MRI in his hand, and he puts it on a light board which is attached to his wall. And nowadays, of course, they have CDs and all other fancy stuff. But then all they had was the film, and he he, he asked me to look at it. And he said, Mr. Worth, I, I want you to, this is your brain, and you see these light spots here, 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 and here? He said, those, I'm afraid to say, to tell you, are MS. You have MS. And... Um, so I was kind of stunned when he when he told me that, but for something within me told me to look at him right in the eye, and I said, Doc, I said, you have MS, and that may be a fact. You say that I have MS, and that may be a fact, but I'm telling you that MS does not have me, and that's the truth. And he looked at me a little stunned, and he, he said, well, that's a, that's a very good attitude to have. Um, and so he... Um, uh, talk, we talked for a while about meds, um, and I said, I'm not going to do, do any of those meds. I've, I've done some studies on, on the meds, and they just, they, they just don't seem to be to work, number one. Number two, they have terrible side effects. So he said, well, just go ahead and live your life then and, and keep up your good attitude. So I, I left his office and never, never saw him again. Um, so, and about that time, we were getting ready to leave Maui for the mainland because Nancy, my wife, had been accepted to ministerial school. This was in 89, and uh, so we, we left uh, and went to uh, 
uh, Kansas City, outside Kansas City, Unity Village, and where she studied, uh, um, uh, you know, for ministerial school. And in the first year of her studies, I took the year off. Second year, I began to uh, write my first book, uh, House of the Sun, a metaphysical novel of Maui, uh, based on my um, time on Maui. So I felt some mild um, uh, effects of MS. MS is one of those interesting diseases in that you sometimes you feel it and sometimes you don't, especially at the beginning of the, of the progression of the, of the disease. So I was not really very much affected the first few years, and so that was kind of the beginning of the disease and the beginning, really, of my healing of the disease. Um, and I'll get into that later in the show. Um, but that's that's kind of what, what I was at, what, what I was doing the first couple of years while Nancy was in ministerial school. Right. Well, uh, Bill, had you already started um, studying Unity Principles, living from a more spiritual basis by, by the time you got that diagnosis? Yeah, I, I I really had. I I began uh, attending Unity Church of Maui in 1987, about two years before the diagnosis, and I was very intrigued by uh, Unity's approach to metaphysics, what I what Unity calls metaphysics. And I was taking all kind, re- reading all kinds of books, primarily primarily the more popular books, not so much Unity textbooks, but the more popular books like. You know, people like Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra. And and I had been in the newspaper business before that, and I was in the newspaper business on Maui. So I was leading a life of the what I call the five-sense life. You know, and you, you, you just react to what happens to you. You don't have any uh, direction in terms of how to affect what happens to you with your mind or your thinking. But unity changed that. Unity opened my eyes to a whole different spiritual dimension, which really astonished me. And I was like 47 years old then, and I had something like uh, uh, spent all that time and never, ever uh, even dreamed that there was another realm, if you will, a spiritual realm outside of my five-sense world. So... So that's, I really was uh, uh, beginning, just beginning to become interested in unity principles and doing some unity study and reading unity books. And then when Nancy went to ministerial school, I began to take um, continuing education classes there at Unity Village so that I could become a unity licensed teacher. And I eventually did. Um, so, uh, So I was just beginning to, 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 to understand unity principles when, when the diagnosis was made. Right. So what uh, effect, you said something in you just sort of rose up when the doctor gave you the diagnosis and, and you said that to him about, well, it doesn't have me. How much mm-hmm. did you think your study of unity principles or and your developing your spiritual life really uh, play into that 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 power that really rose up in you? Well, I don't know. Um, that's, a, that's a very good question. I, I'm sure it had an effect, um, uh, but I and I don't know why I said that uh, at the time. It was really, it really kind of stunned stunned me that I said that. Um, but um, uh, but I just somehow I knew that that was the truth. That while I may have a disease, it doesn't have me, and I can. I can do something about that. I can change my mind. I can think a different way. I can learn new things about disease. And then, of course, I learned later that the unity began as a healing ministry when Myrtle Fillmore was diagnosed with tuberculosis, which at that time, was more than 125 years ago, was a, was a terminal disease, um, and she was going to die. But she chose a different way of dealing with it. And I later learned that. I didn't know that at the time, but I later learned that. So something uh, mysterious happened uh, to me at the time that I was diagnosed that prompted me to really make a decision about how I was going to deal with this this uh, intractable, difficult disease. 
Right. I love that, that what you're saying there is you're going to make a decision because that is so parallel to the disease of addiction, which is the same thing. It's that intractable chronic disease, and that's when things start to shift for people. And and that addiction recovery is when they make a decision that there's something else in me that's powerful, and I'm going to do something to try to tap into it. So. What you say, Bill, that you are healed, and and you make you make this really clear in your book that this is your story. You you don't right. claim to be cured, but you talk about being healed. Tell us about that. What's the difference? Well, MS has no cure yet, um, and their um, you know medical science is working hard on it. But they've been working hard on it for you know forty or fifty or a hundred years, actually trying to understand this disease, and there's no cure. They call it incurable. Um, so I, I decided that I wasn't going to worry about the cure part of it. I wasn't going to take meds to make me feel better. Um, uh, I was just going to make a different decision about whether I could heal the disease in 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 my mind uh, that I, I was going to be able to live with it and have a full, enriching life with it, even though I had the disease. So that was kind of my approach, is that I didn't worry about the cure. I didn't worry about taking meds. I didn't worry about uh, visiting doctors all the time. Um, And I just said, I'm going to deal with trying to live with this disease and see if I can have this this full, enriching life that I eventually did have and still are having am having um and i'm 75 years old now so that was uh you know how many years ago 28 plus years ago um and and i just never paid much attention to the disease itself Uh, and i'm very clear uh, about i never say my disease my ms i never say those words i just said them of course on the air but uh, i needed to, to, to do that as an example and i really uh, um, whenever anybody talks to me and says, well, how's your MS doing? I stop them right there and I say, it's not my disease. I don't own this disease. And my body doesn't own it. I don't own it mentally or physically, I mean mentally or emotionally or spiritually. So uh, that's my that's been my approach. I really um, changed how I looked at the disease and I just went on with my life. Um, and, and yes, I've, I've had some, some, um, some, what they call flares, some, some difficulties with certain things. I have a weakness in my right side and my, and some pain in my back and weakness in my right hand. Um, but, uh, I, for the longest time I played, um, you know, softball and, and, uh, and, and then tennis and then golf. And so I can't play golf anymore, which kind of um, upsets me because golf is a game where you really need to be balanced well, and I have a balanced challenge. So um, other than that, I'm fine. You know, I get plenty of sleep, and I live in this beautiful place, and I write, I edit, and, and so, and I have, um, I'm blessed in that I have no cognitive problems at all. Um, I'm, so I'm able to write and read and watch TV and that kind of stuff. So, and that, 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 that part of the disease is nasty with some people, but it's not hasn't affected me at all, probably because I just never gave it much power. Mm-hmm. Tell us some more, Bill, about how it is that you don't give power to the disease, but you give power to your wholeness, I guess. You didn't say that, but not, those are my words. But how? what are other things that you've done? You said one thing is you don't ever uh, use the, the possessive. You don't ever, right. you know, quote, own it in your words or your thoughts. Tell us other things that you did early on, maybe that, that you still do, or how that's changed over time to well, uh, one, heal. Yeah, yeah, one of the things that, that, that I did was I was just, as I said, just beginning to attend Unity on Maui. And um, what what I what I was very attracted to the uh, um, to the process of meditation. So I began a really serious meditative practice that I've carried out for all these years, uh, and uh, um, I, I really make a strong effort to set aside a, 
some time every day to be quiet. Uh, I, I call it sitting down and shutting up. And so, uh, so I, I, I do that. I also um, later uh, changed my diet significantly. Nancy's a vegetarian, and and so um, uh, so that helped me change my diet. I also made sure I got enough exercise and enough sleep, um, and and so uh, so doing those little things, I think is is paying attention to that rather than the disease. Is was really key for me, um, and uh, so and it has worked. You know, I, as I say, I have some I have some symptoms, um, and uh, it, they're kind of annoying, but they're not debilitating. I don't, I'm not in a walker. I'm not in a wheelchair. I'm not in a, confined to a bed, um, and so um, here I am, and that's where I'm going to stay as far as I can, as long as I can. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's amazing. You know, um, you, a big part of your story, of course, really a lot of what your book is about and the title really of our topic today is about forgiveness. Um, right. now we're, start, we're gonna, we're, tell us, start off and just tell us a little bit about it and then we're gonna have a break here in a little bit, but, and then we'll come back, but, and hear more about it, but forgiveness is really the heart of this for you. Tell tell us some background yeah. on this. Why is this such a big yeah. deal for you? Well, well, it's it's a big deal, and, and really, I, I when I started writing this book, uh, it was probably about a year, year and a half ago. I I wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't the focus of my of my book. I was just going to talk about the things that we've already talked about. You know, changing diet and and exercise and changing my mind about the disease and so forth. But what I realized as I began to write it was that I had um, uh, a lot of self-forgiveness that I needed to do. Now, I understood forgiveness because as a unity minister, that's that's part of your spiritual life, uh, and, and you do a lot of counseling with people who, who come in and, and ask for forgiveness for things. And I began to realize, wait a minute, you know, I had, I had had a previous life that was not very healthy uh, in a lot of ways, physically and, and emotionally, and and uh, uh, and and I, I needed to go back and look at how I had treated my body, kind of similar to what Myrtle Fillmore did 125 years ago, um, and so so I, I I went I began to really do some deep work and, and deep painful work on how I had lived my life and how I had hurt people and how I had hurt myself and how I needed to not only uh, uh, forgive others, but I needed to seek forgiveness. And a lot of my book then developed into that story of the things that I did wrong, um, you know, you know, I don't know right or wrong. That's a that's a perception. But but the things that I did, which were not healthy, put it that way, may have led to this disease. And uh, so I thought, well, maybe I can uh, I can work on that. Maybe I can deal with that as part of my treat my own uh, special treatment of the disease, and and that will make it better. And sure enough, it began as I wrote. I just let I just wrote and and let it let it uh, let it come out and uh, of course I did a lot of editing on it later but um, um, and I so so the the book is really personal and in some ways painful um, but I really um, feel good about it and um, and 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 interestingly enough my body feels good about it so. Mm-hmm. Um, so the forgiveness process, I think, is really, um, I've been reading a lot about it, and, uh, um, and, and it, it, it's, a, it's an ongoing, everyday process um, that I really uh, concentrate on. It, it has made me more um, compassionate, and has made me have a lot more concern for other people. Uh, and, of course, Unity Ministry helped me prepare for that. Um, because unity ministry, you know, it has, you have to have those kind of, you have to be compassionate and concerned and pay attention and, 
and and be with people. So the whole idea of forgiveness, uh, I discovered as I was writing the book. In fact, I, I changed the title to, to into to, to get the word forgiveness in the title. Uh, originally, All right. the, the, the title did not have that word in it. So, huh. uh-huh. so it's in the process of the writing um, is when I realized that that how important forgiveness, forgiveness practice really, really is. It's important right. for me, and I'm. I think it's important for everybody, but that's that's not for me to decide for individuals. So, all right. So that's, well, that's time- what that was all about. Powerful. And we're going to talk about that some more when we come back. Um, it's okay. time for our break. And uh, our topic today is forgiveness. Is it worth it? Yes. And my uh, guest is Unity Minister and author and, uh, and Bill Worth. And he is talking with us about his book, Outwitting Multiple Sclerosis, How Forgiveness Helped Me Heal My Brain by Changing My Mind. And uh, he's talking to us about his life, which he's written about in his book. So stay with us and we'll be right back um, on Spirit of Recovery. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace. And explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'll light a candle in your name. for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. If you're just joining us here on Spirit of Recovery, um, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your host, and our topic today is forgiveness. Is it worth it? 
The answer is yes. And uh, we're talking about uh, why forgiveness and other spiritual practices are so important in the recovery process, whether it's recovery from addiction or as my guest today, Bill Worth, is talking about his recovery, his healing process uh, from the disease of multiple sclerosis. And while MS and addiction are in many ways very different, what's the same about them is that they're chronic um, diseases that you learn to live with um, and in the sense of not suffering from them but to to learn how to how do i manage myself in relation to these how do i practice spiritual principles so that i do have a full and wonderful life and um and uh that uh actually there there are opportunities to learn a lot about ourselves and and about life so bill is sharing with us about his life and his recovery and his healing process uh regarding uh ms and he, it's fabulous what he's sharing with us and uh how he applies spiritual principles and so forth to that bill is an author he's a unity minister he um also pre- previous to that he was 30 years a newspaper journalist and um so he's have had quite a, a career and and still engaged in that he's written three books uh, the first two are metaphysical novels and this third one which has just come out uh, outwitting ms how forgiveness helped me heal my brain by changing my mind and you can learn more about bill and you can access his books by going to www.billworthbooks.com and it's just how it sounds spelled that way b-i-l-l-w-o-r-t-h books.com so before i get back to my conversation with bill i invite you to join me in a brief moment of meditation the serenity minute so I invite you to relax, to be aware of that peaceful presence, your loving higher power with you right there, and allow yourself to let go and let God, and you may have a different name for your higher power, and that's okay, whatever name you use is just fine, but as you experience that healing presence, allow yourself to relax from the crown of your head, feeling relaxation as it moves all the way through your body temple. And allowing yourself to let go and relax. Allow your heart and your mind to open and share with me this constructive idea. The truth about me is that I am wholeness, I am well-being, and I am the power to live a fulfilling life. My higher power is with me. The truth about me is that I am wholeness, well-being, and the power to live a fulfilling life. My higher power is with me. And so knowing that, let's take a moment to relax in the quiet. for joining me in the Serenity Minute. I trust that that was an opportunity for you to relax, to open up and to feel and hear the presence of your higher power and find that goodness and that strength that's within you. And so now we take a breath and move back into this waking awareness and I'm back to my conversation with my guest, Bill Worth. So, um, Bill, before the uh, break, you were telling us about the power of forgiveness and what you write about in your book and your personal story is that there were really two areas where, uh, which, which were main ones, I think, for you, uh, to forgive in. And one of them had to do with personal relationships, with marriages and family, uh, situations. And, uh, the other had to do with, uh, maybe what you had learned about religion. Uh, as a younger person or as a child, would you share with us about that? What what were some things that you needed to forgive and move past, and and to find that healing presence within within you? Yeah, I I am well happy to do that. Um, I, I, when I was a kid, I'm the oldest of six kids, and my sister was born the oldest sister. I, there's me, and then there's three girls, and then there's two boys. And uh, 
and my oldest sister and I had a terrible sibling rival rivalry, and uh, and I don't know why uh, it just happens in families, I guess. Um, but we carried that sibling rivalry into adulthood for some reason or other, and we finally um, um, cleared it up, cleaned it up. Uh, she had uh, beginnings of dementia and uh, and uh, lung cancer at the same time, and so we we had the opportunity, um, and I'm really really grateful for this to. Um, uh, to clean up all the stuff that we've been carrying around since we were infants. You know, I was like two and a half years old when she was born. And um, so we were able to heal that. Uh, at least I I felt it, I I was able to heal it. I don't know how she felt, but I think I think she um, um, was more um, open to that than I than I fully expected. So we were able to heal that. Um, and then, uh, and, and then the, the, uh, uh, the religion part was that my, my, my mom, uh, made us go to church, Methodist church. It was a fairly, and I look back on it now as a fairly progressive Methodist church. Um, but uh, as, as always, the, the things as you grow older and you begin to ask questions, you begin not to get answers from church. And um, so I dropped out of church when I went to college, and I began to seek other um, other other possibilities. I even went to uh, a, a temple for a while because I was dating one who was Jewish, and I I, I began to read about Buddhism, which attracted me a lot. Um, and, uh, and so I, I began to really look into other, other forms of religion, but nothing really resonated with me until I stepped into that little storefront unity church on Maui in 1987. And I said, oh my gosh, here's something that doesn't insult my intelligence. I can go to this. I can, I can be, uh, inquisitive. I can get answers, uh, and uh, as long as I ask better questions. And so, <laughs> um, so that's uh, in fact one of the things I used to tell my classes when in my unity churches was I, when I would teach classes, I would say, uh, "I'm not here to answer your questions. I'm here to question your answers." So, um, I, and, and unity did that a lot for me. Uh, and so I really resonated with the unity teachings and, um, and I resonated enough so that even though I resisted applying to ministerial school at first, eventually I did and I was accepted and had a rich and rewarding uh, unity ministry career. So, um, so, uh, and, and, but when I was diagnosed with MS, I had not yet really uh, I only just knew a little bit. I felt like a rookie uh, in Unity, um, uh, you know, a real beginner. So, um, so that that was that that was. But Unity clearly became my spiritual path. I knew that that was that was the right path for me. Um, and then the the relationships situation had plagued me from the get go. Uh, my father died unexpectedly of a heart attack at age 40, um, leaving. I was uh, just finishing my freshman year in college, and I uh, I really needed his guidance, and I couldn't get it anymore because uh, he had gone. Um, and my mother was devastated. And my family was fractured, um, and it was really a challenge. Um, but... Um, I returned to school with the blessings of my mother for my sophomore year, and that changed my life because I changed my majors and and, and became, changed my major and became a journalist instead of an engineer, which I was not suited for. And so, um, so I, but I, I, I what I missed um, most was his guidance in terms of relationships with uh, young women, and uh, I never felt that I had. 
and this is this occurred to me later. I never felt that I had the guidance that I really uh, needed. So I married too soon, uh, had two two children too soon, divorced too fast, married again, had another child, divorced again, and then married a coworker uh, at the newspaper in Dayton, Ohio, where, where I started the work. And of course, you'd never do that today. Um, but then it was different back in the seventies. So, um, and, and then, and then that marriage fell apart. So I was, I had had it with marriage. I had had it with relationships. I felt I was, I was a miserable failure. Um, and I'm just never, never going to have, um, uh, any kind of a meaningful relationship. And then one day in, into my office at the newspaper walked. Nancy Cameron, and uh, and and I was just absolutely smitten with her, and uh, she was a whole different, um, whole different world for me. Um, and we had we were married, and within less than a year of meeting each other, and and you know I'd done that before, and that was a mistake. But we were married, and and. And we've had a, a really rewarding, really sometimes challenging uh, marriage. But she has shown me the way in terms of spirituality. Uh, she had a 25-year career in unity ministry, and uh, she's a remarkable, amazing woman. And uh, and I, I, I sometimes feel like I just fell into that. Um, um, but, but maybe it was because I was ready finally to meet the right person. Um, and so, uh, and to be honest with you, that was the, the I did some things in marriage, previous marriages that were, uh, um, difficult and what I would call unforgivable. But I later learned that nothing is unforgivable. Um, but I needed to process that, and I needed to uh, make amends in many ways. And this book is part of the part of the way I I've, I've made amends. I I sent a copy to every one of my three previous wives with a with a long note. Uh, two of whom are mothers of my children, so we have um, uh, you, you know conversations about that. Um, and we're still connected through that. So, anyway, the the book really is is for me a way to begin healing um, not only MS but all other um, parts of me that needed to be healed. Um, and uh, and as I, as I say in the book, I I had a um, um, difficulty uh, with alcohol and nicotine when I was in the newspaper business because that's what journalists do. They drink and they smoke. And, uh, um, and, and I never was an alcoholic, but I, but I clearly uh, relied on, uh, um, on, on uh, having that beer or two after work. And, um, so, um, if I needed to clean that up, and I uh, have cleaned it up. I still drink occasionally, uh, have a glass of red wine, but that's about it. Uh, and I stopped smoking cigarettes in 1987, um, about the time, about the time I discovered Unity of Maui. So, um, mm-hmm. so, um, all of that, to, most, uh, virtually all of that's in the book. Um, and the book has done me a world of good, really taking good, Hard look at my life and and cleaning up the, the things that that I really want needed to have cleaned up. So, and I think it can be useful to other to readers too. I mean that that's why I wrote this book. I didn't write it just for me. I wrote it for, because I know that there are you know thousands or hundreds of thousands of people in this in this country who either have MS or uh, know someone who has MS and. I thought, well, maybe I can, if I tell my story, uh, it might help other people. And uh, we'll see. I don't. I have no. I have, the book's too new for me to get any uh, any uh, feedback from, from sales yet. Um, but I'm getting a lot of buzz from 
on uh, Facebook and and uh, and in other ways. Um, so um, we'll see. And so there it is. It's out there, and you can you can you can get it at Amazon. You can get it on my website. You can get it on, on my publisher's website, which is www.goread one word dot com. Um, so, and I think it's I think it can be helpful I, in many ways. It was helpful to me to write it, and I think it can be helpful for people to read it. And those those few people that I sent copies of uh, are were very complimentary about. It. I have a, there's an amazing review uh, on Amazon from my oldest daughter, um, hmm. uh, who I basically abandoned when she was like two years old. Uh, when my my first wife and I were divorced, and we we were, uh, uh, I was estranged from her and her younger brother uh, for 17 years, and we we hooked back up. We made, and one of the things that that I determined to do was to um, to get back in touch with them, uh, and we did that. And and she's she's an amazing woman, has amazing children. She's an Unbelievable mom, and her kids are our uh, grandchildren uh, are just amazing kids. So, you know, I guess I look back on my life and I see lots of flaws and lots of problems, but they all seem to, to heal and to smooth out. And my life is flowing as well as it could possibly be right now. I'm grateful for that. For sure, yeah. Thank you, Bill. It's like you've, as you say, you've done uh, the work of self-examination, self-reflection, right. and you've and you have. I know you've done the prayer work to to release some of these hurts and and so forth. And you're making amends. I mean, that's that's recovery, no matter what it is a person's yep. recovering from. That's what recovery is about. Is I mean, you can't erase the past. No, who who wants to? You, but you. And what you're doing is you're making it right today. You shifted right. how you are, and you're relating to those dear people in your life in a different way, and it's changed everything. Yep, I think so. Right. Yeah. One of the things I, I forgot to mention when I was talking about my meditation practice earlier um, is that I created for me a personal, what I call, healing mantra. And uh, I, say, I say it every, every day for 28 years. Uh, in one form or another, it's on page forty of my book, and it, it here's what here's how that reads: the healing power of the Christ presence and the Buddha nature restores, renews, revitalizes, and rejuvenates every organ, gland, and tissue, every joint, muscle, and sinew, every cell, and every atom of my body. I am whole and well in every way. So it is. And I let it be, and 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 then I often go into uh, examining my brain uh, and how uh, my nervous system and uh, and how I can think about healing that. Um, so it's uh, it's a power. It has become a powerful mantra for me, and I and I say I I really credit that that. Uh, that mantra for my a lot of my healing work over the years. It is powerful, and uh, you know, again, spiritual principle at unity, and, and any uh, you know, deeply spiritual approach really does have to do with focusing on wholeness. Do you have, would you share uh, some thoughts about what is it about that mantra? As much as we can know, of course, some of it's an unanswerable question, but what's powerful about that? Why? What's healing about that? mantra and your well, use what, of it, regular use of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good question. I've thought about that a lot. But what's powerful for me is that I'm concentrating not on the disease, not on what's wrong, but on what's right about me, about my body. Uh and, and I just I just have to you know, convince myself that it's true. And and it did it took me a while to convince myself that it was true. But I've been doing that for 28 years, every day for 28 years. And uh, and so I know it's true. I mean, I know without a shadow of a doubt 
that my that my my body is whole and complete, um, and, and and no matter what seems to be wrong with it, um, and uh, uh, so it's it's a it just has been very powerful for me, and I'm very grateful for uh, having been kind of given the words because those are my words, but they're not my words, if you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, um, and so I share it in the book because, you know, everybody needs their own mantra or their own uh, thought process, but this is a way that might kickstart somebody else into creating something for themselves. Right, absolutely. And, you know, one thing that I love about your mantra as well is that it's, it is for you individually and it's like as you're saying it's quote not exact i yes i it's mine and it's not because you're also to me this is my perception is in affirming that you're you're opening yourself to your 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 conscious connection with with the universal source of life yeah you, you really exactly. yeah part of something bigger mm-hmm. yeah. right go ahead well, no, our I, time I, that's is, all I was going to say. Go ahead. Okay. Our, our time's just about up here, but um, I want to uh, ask you, you have an amazing uh, thing that you wrote in your afterword that occurred when you went uh, to a physician uh, a few years ago in 2015. Um, right. Would you share that with us? Yeah. I, 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 you know, if you're, if, you, if you're an MS patient, um, um, you go to get um uh, you see a neurologist about once a year just to see what if there's anything going on anything new and you have an MRI about once every other year and so in 2015 um we were still living in the state of Washington and I, and I went to my new neurologist there and he had, he was called me in to give me the results of the latest MRI and uh he uh he did, you know, some cognitive tests and some balance stuff and some physical stuff. And then he he looked at the results of the MRI. By then, they were on CDs, not film. And he took quite a while looking at them, and, and I was kind of worried. And then he turned to me and said, you know, this is pretty unusual. He said, we don't – I rarely see this in, in my office, but it, it looks as if the, your latest MRI – shows that yes you have have there's evidence you have had ms but you have no new lesions on your brain no new disease showing up on your brain said i never use the word cure um but i I would call your um your case quiescent uh which i love that word (laughs) and so Mm -hmm. which means basically that my brain is is not damaging itself anymore and hasn't been for some time. So the disease is quiescent, uh, and I um, I call it healed. Um, I don't call it cured because that's a that's a medical term, but I do call it healed. So so there you go, and that's it. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> that's good. And I I'm just gonna make a couple of comments here, Bill. But I love what you said that said that. Your brain isn't hurting itself anymore, not harming itself anymore. And that's what right. your story is. You're not harming yourself anymore. Right. You've stopped, exactly. you've stopped harming yourself. Wow. That's recovery. That's what it's all about. Yep. So, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bill. Thank you for, um, for uh, your life, for who you are, and for your ministry, and for your author, authoring these books now. And thank you so much for sharing with us today here about your uh, healing and about the power of forgiveness and spiritual practice in your life. I appreciate it. Thanks for being my guest today. I really enjoyed it, Anna. Thank you. You're, you're a great interviewer. <laughs> okay. okay, I'll take it. Thanks. And blessings to all of you who are listening with us uh, right now and, and will be listening on the podcast. Many blessings to you and knowing that that power of wholeness is who you are. God bless and we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery.
This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.